turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, and welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. And welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities, where we take a look back at old cartoons that you might feel like you're the only one who remembers. Later in the episode, we'll be talking about 80s to 90s cartoon, The the Raccoons. Uh, But first, we have a segment where we just kind of talk about anything new we've been watching or anything recent we've been enjoying. Uh, Mel, do you have a What's New Scooby-Doo? Yeah, last night as we record this uh, was the release date of Godzilla versus Kong, Dawn of Justice. We we all watched that together on our movie Discord. And this got me thinking, is Honey, I Blew Up the Kid a kaiju movie? (laughs) Technically speaking. Technically speaking, it must be. Because it follows follows all the criteria. It was, they were created from science. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they terrorize. Um, uh, I would say Las Vegas is a major city. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, and science wins, or love wins. Science slash love wins. Right. So, yeah. The kid yeah. shrinks down, and he hugs his mom. Yeah, I I think you you are right. I have a rebuttal to that. Oh. Uh, is. <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name now. I'm so bad with names. Rick uh, Moranis. Paul, no, is Rick Moranis a kaiju? Is Paul Bunyan <laughs> a kaiju? Oh my god, is he? And his his ox friend. Okay. To be a kaiju, is it required that you destroy something? Like if Paul Bunyan oh, is very careful good. and he that's never breaks point. anything, is he a kaiju? If anything, I think he builds stuff. So I guess he's not he's a reverse kaiju. Yeah. Or he's just a good kaiju, I guess. He's a Mothra or something. Yeah. Uh, Even if he, like, accidentally stepped on, like, a woodshed, I don't know if accidentally breaking things makes you a kaiju. I think you have to do some of it on purpose. Well, well, no, then let's... Is Iron Giant a kaiju? Oh! No, he's... He feels like an entirely separate class of being. Which is? uh, Not a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Not a gun. Right. I think it is his not a gun, his devotion to not being a gun. And is it size? How big does something have to be before it's like, that's a kaiju? I think you have to be at least as tall as a skyscraper. I want to say See, that's because because in the movie Rampage, I don't think those are kaiju. Those are just big monsters. Yes. Right. Yeah. You've got a point. Then I don't think the the kid who got blown up, he's only like three stories tall. Iron Giant's only about that tall. I don't think oh, Paul no. Bunyan is like the size of the Toronto Tower. I don't think he's that big. You might be I right. Don't think we may have debunked I, all of our, our, our kaiju classifications. <laughs> this is like immediately turned around on us. <laughs> I'm going to Google how tall is Paul Bunyan. Uh... Are you sure the kid from uh, Honey, We Blew Up the Kid is only three stories? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Paul Bunyan can't be seven feet tall. That's not a giant. (laughs) I think Robert Wadlow's taller than that. Shaq is taller than that. So I thought you said Shrek for a second. Uh, Might be. I thought. So maybe this is uh, a romanticism of history 
where where Paul Bunyan was a real person, but no one was that tall back then, so he was always had stories told of him that that he's a giant. This is what history.com says is that the Paul Bunyan myth existed at a time when the average man barely cleared five feet. Wow. So Paul Bunyan was a real man. Uh, possibly or inspired by a real man. I'm going to have to really dig into this. <laughs> Look stay, forward stay. to our, our Paul Bunyan episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that was a nice little rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I know, we really got to figure out what isn't isn't a kaiju. I need to understand. That has to be. We can do that on a Patreon episode. Mm. We can we can run down uh, cartoon show characters and list them Clifford or not. Clifford is absolutely a kaiju. Unfortunately, he's not big enough. But in my heart, he's a kaiju. Right. There's something. Even though he is only like as tall as uh, like a house. Emily's house. Right, he's only house size, but there's something so unnatural about him that he feels more monstrous. Do you want to review the Clifford live-action movie when it comes out? Sure. Yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) What do I have to lose? (laughs) When does it come out? How is it happening? I think it's later this year, in 2021. Oh, okay. But I might be mistaken. It might be early next year. That's a a good What's New Scooby-Doo. Kaijus. (laughs) How do they work? How do they work? Uh, I have been, for my What's New Scooby-Doo, uh, I have been watching uh, Dimension 20's uh, D&D shows that they do. Oh! Dimension 20 is a, a show. It's I don't know if it's really a show. It's a classification of shows. It's a series of shows from okay. college, college Humor. Yeah! Uh, hosted most often by Brennan Lee Mulligan. Uh, with a changing cast of of players for different like D and D games they're running. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one they ran was Fantasy High, which was based in like Magical High School. Uh, they did like an all villains one uh, with like Matt Mercer and like Ify Ottaway and and other people. Ah. And uh, the one I've been watching is uh, Crown of Candy, which is their Game of Thrones slash Candyland inspired game oh man with the same uh people from fantasy high the first crowd okay but yeah it's it's one of those things where uh at my work we, i only have three co-workers so mm. when one of us gets into something usually we pull everyone else into it <laughs> like i started playing hades and then everyone else kind of like mm-hmm. one person another person started playing hades and then everyone was playing hades uh same with like uh uh, i started playing pokemon my manager started playing pokemon Mm -hmm. we all all got switches we all play animal crossing uh it's just one of those so it's everyone's right now getting into fantasy high uh which is very exciting neat yeah let's talk about the raccoons yes Uh, this was my suggestion uh i wanted to pick a show that neither of us had any history with Mm-hmm. before we get into the facts uh kind of like a like a general feel what did you think of the show i was actually very charmed by it yeah that's a good word for it it's Ye- very good yeah yeah we're talking about how uh, what do we have to say about it because there's not much to make fun of it's just <laughs> sort of good solid down the middle canadian forest animal cartoon well it's forest animals as you can tell by the name of the raccoons 
and also like weird fuchsia guys yeah, that I we'll don't get, understand. We'll get into them in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the show is called The Raccoons. It's it's a Canadian cartoon. A uh, basic plot is that it's about. It's kind of weird because it's got narration and it's got like uh, there are kids, but you only see them at the beginning at the end. Like they kind of book <laughs> in the lesson for the for the episode. Uh, yeah. And it's mainly about uh, three raccoons. Uh, Bert is the main one. He's like the Alvin of the show because he wears a big sweater with the first letter of his <laughs> name on it. So you good, know that's Good him. comparison. Yeah. Uh, and his like friends slash roommates, Ralph and Melissa Raccoon, your, du- <laughs> your duplicate. <laughs> I did appreciate Melissa Raccoon. I related to her. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We also have Cedric and Sophia, the monster couple. We'll get into them in a second. Uh, Schaefer, the big uh, sheepdog. Brew, the little puppy sheepdog. And the big bad is Cyril Sneer. That's C-Y-R-I-L is the first name. For a long time, I thought his name was Zero Sneer. How funny to have such a money-obsessed character be named Zero. Yeah, I I thought that was the bit. But no, his name is Cyril, which is like a rich name, which makes sense. But yeah, he's like Mm. a Scrooge Duck character, and he's the the monster dad of uh, (laughs) of the monster man in the couple. We say monster. They look kind of like snorks or something. You can tell they're definitely out of like... The age of Snorks and Smurfs—they're just sort of these these funny-looking, like purple-pink guys. They have like weird trunk noses, except they come out at a right angle yeah, and then they, immediately pivot down. They do, and they have like from like the top view that you see for most of them. So when you're looking at them like in the frame, uh, it looks like they have like they're centaurs uh, because they have. Oh just, yes. Uh, an absolute dump truck of an ass. Like they do. Yes. They have like they have like a whole second half of them. Like the whole front of their body and then what would be the second half of a body, but it's just the butt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 got some back seats back there. They do. But it's uh, but it's the uh it's Cyril and his son Cedric that have it. Sophia, who's Cedric's girlfriend, slender figure. It's yeah. not a physical trait on her. No, it's the males of the species. Uh, yeah, no, you, big butts. Do you want to know who these aliens look like? Or who these monsters look like? Who do they look like? They look like the scammer aliens from Bender's Big Score. Oh my god, they do! You're right! <laughs> That's it! I had to look up to remember what their species was called. They're just called yes. scammer aliens as far as I can see. Beautiful. Uh, but yeah, they're they're nude, so that they and they're pink. They look yes. just the same, except in Futurama, they you know they look grodier because they have better animation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, picture those, picture those for these guys, and it's not explained what they are or how they coexist here in this Canadian forest alongside other normal no. animals. They have a weird blue dog that has their same, like, spigot nose. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> C- Cyril has, like, a little blue dog that also has, looks like them. And I don't know if I would want a dog that looked like me, except it was blue. Oh, God. No. No. 
But yeah, so that's that's kind of like our characters, and it's just hijinks that they get into, you know, general life lessons, <laughs> classic classic sitcom eras era. Yeah, problems. I do want to say we talked about Bert and his like college sweater with his name on it. It's just he also the first got, his yeah, it's just the first letter. He's not chaotic enough to have his entire name printed he, on. He it. couldn't afford to get his full name printed on it. That's he expensive. can only afford B, right? Yeah. He lives on a couch. Maybe I don't. I don't know his life. He also has the weird droopy nose. He's a raccoon, but his nose is the same shape as these these purple guys. Yeah, well, comes out and then it just like right angles down, and I it looks like he ran into something and his nose got <laughs> stuck like that, yeah. which might be the truth. And you know, we didn't watch the first episode. We watched episode two, three, and nine of the first season, so it could have happened in first season one. We're like, oh, you look like us. We'll live here now. Uh, <laughs> either coming from the raccoons or these monster kids right (laughs) also so we talked about his sweater Mm -hmm. uh ralph uh is nude otherwise (laughs) he is so each each raccoon only has one item of clothing yes uh bert has this like college sweater ralph has an aviator's scarf yes yes (laughs) he does no i don't think he's supposed to be an aviator he just has a scarf and that's what it looks like i've never seen that style of scarf outside of the context of flying a plane and melissa just has a sensible sleeveless blouse yeah (laughs) that's what raccoons wear don't you know (laughs) blouses yeah uh let's get into uh the facts and then we'll get into the theme song uh-huh. Uh, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Mm. Okay. Name of the show is The Raccoons, uh, spelled how you'd think, created by Kevin Gillis, uh, or Gillis, G-I-L-L-I-S. There were 60 episodes total and four mm. like, TV movies. It ran from 1985 to 1992. Oh. Country of origin, Canada. Production companies <laughs> feel- were... It feels very Canadian immediately. Yeah. No no shade on Tanner, but this seems no, like a show that Tanner would like. It, I, And I think this was the only thing I knew about the show, is that when we were covering hose hounds, somehow Googling hose hounds also showed me images of the raccoons. Like It was like a related oh. search that I could dig into. And I looked at some of them, and I thought, one of them is named like me, uh, <laughs> which is a perk. I see them and I understand them. <laughs> I'm that. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, just the calm, like the narration is like the chillest Bob Rossiest dude. It's just entirely yeah. in a forest. It feels Canadian. Like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they started playing a Gordon Lightfoot song during one of these montages and then they ate some poutine uh, and Rick Moranis was there. <laughs> We'll we'll get into the, the music of the show in a bit. Uh, mm. Production companies for the show, uh, Gillis or Gillis Wiseman Productions, uh, and Evergreen Raccoons Television Productions. So, <laughs> the creator of the show was one of the production worked with one of the production companies, and the whole concept of the show was mm. either paid for by raccoons or for raccoons. Uh, <laughs> original car- original channel is CBC and Disney Channel. Uh, oh, popular voice actors. There weren't. There's, these are probably popular like, Canadian voice actors because I don't. A lot of these names aren't going to jump out at you. 
Yeah. Uh, but what they've done before uh, will jump out at you. Uh, we have Lynn Carlson, who is the voice of Bert. He is also Buzz on Cyber Chase. He is Gideon on Beyblade. He's in Totally Spies in a couple episodes. Oh. Yeah. Flying Rhino Junior High. We'll talk about that show one day. Docking Kong Country. Definitely. I was in Metabots as Dr. Meta Evil. Can't wait for that. Um, Metabots. We will definitely have two Metabots on the show, but I'm waiting to see if anyone wants to guest on that. Uh huh. Um, other, uh, we also have Marvin Goldhar or Goldhair, G O L D H A R. Another person who's done a lot of stuff. They did Busy World of Richard Scary, a lot of voices for that. Uh, they did the voice of Cedric Sneer in, in Raccoons. They did some voices in the Legend of Zelda cartoons, uh, mm-hmm. Garbage Pail Kids, uh, the new Archies, a lot of stuff. The Ewok show. Oh. Uh, we also have Bo- Bob Dermer. Uh, he is most well known for being Grumpy Bear in uh, all the Care Bear stuff. Uh, he's also credited in the Santa Claus as Puppet Punch. So uh! I imagine he's the voice of the puppet that punches the other puppet in the in like the puppet shows. Punch and Judy. Punch is literally the name of the puppet. Punch, Punch and Judy? Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. When you see oh. two puppets fighting each other, that's Punch and Judy. Oh, I, I think I've Punch never. Aunt... I thought you said Punch Aunt Judy, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no. That's, that's a name? Be nice to your aunts. <laughs> I've never I've never seen Punch and Judy in real life. I know it exclusively. I entirely learned it through it randomly appearing in movies. I think this was all like medieval children had to entertain themselves. Wait, was they'd go the, to the town square and they'd watch a Punch and Judy. Is so these are two puppets named Punch and Judy. <laughs> yes. And they And like one hits the, the other puppets? one with a stick. Huh? Okay. It's the same puppets from like medieval times is that what you're saying to me like this is a classic show that's been repeated over and over again it's like you can do the merchant of venice or you can do punch and judy oh my god i didn't know that i can't punch and judy play it's a traditional puppet show featuring mr punch and his wife judy uh, the performance consists of a sequence of short scenes, each depicting an interaction between two characters. Most typically, Mr. Punch and one other character who usually falls victim to Punch's slapstick. One of them uh, hits the other one with a big stick. Well, I don't like this early depiction of domestic violence. I, well, I don't know if they hit each I don't know. I I guess. Like I said, I've only seen it for 30 odd seconds at a time sure. in a movie where somebody's wandering through a town square and this is happening next to like a wagon of apples. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back to uh, our last voice actor for the raccoons uh, is Susie. Uh, sorry, Susie Roman. I thought it was Ronan uh, who played, who was also in Beyblade as Judy. <gasps> It's Judy. There she is. Ah! Ah! Uh, she was also no best known for Sailor Jupiter in Sailor Moon. Oh! Uh, she did some voices. Uh, she is the voice of Melissa Raccoon. Uh, your your sister. <laughs> My raccoon sister. Your ra- raccoon sister. Bitches of Tintin is Snowy. 
uh, in Ooh. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs as Hannah Dundee. What? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, a lot of fun. And she was in Roly Polioli as Fifi. But yeah, those are like the most notable actors that I could see with like our the most ro- recognizable credits for us. Uh, not to say oh, yeah. there aren't more actors in the show that would be recognizable to some people. I would recommend mm. taking a look at IMDb if you're curious. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's those are the facts. Um, let's watch the intro and kind of get into the show. Yeah, the intro, it's a good intro. The opening intro is about 57 minutes, or sorry, 57 seconds long. <laughs> Can you imagine? Whole, whole intro is 57 minutes long. Show itself is about a minute long. <laughs> this is the point of the show where we will watch the opening intro in real time. If you want to watch along with us, uh, I will queue us up to sync with you if you want. Uh, we'll also be playing the music under us as a bed. Uh, I'll be hitting play in three, two, one, play. This is the Evergreen Forest. So we have a peaceful narrator saying, peaceful, uh, this is the Evergreen Forest. That is until Burt Raccoon wakes up. <laughs> it's, a very, it's, peace- it's very jazzy. Yeah, I like this opening. I like the visual style of it. I like that we see Bert getting into all of these antics, and then it freezes on him like, I bet you're wondering how I got into this mess. Yeah. It's like it's like three concentrated versions of how movies open with that. Yeah. But it There's keeps happening to this man. In the forest except for... There's Cyril Sneer. There's Cyril Sneer and his mountain of gold, his Scrooge, du- Scrooge mountain of gold. And his yeah, he's very Scrooge McDuck uh, with a, a light layer of Mr. Burns. Yeah, definitely. I like this font. Yeah. Oh, this is a very 80s show, you can tell. <laughs> I want to read the um, the narration that the narrator says. This is the evergreen forest. Quiet, peaceful, serene. That is until Burt Raccoon wakes up. <laughs> Luckily, he has some good friends to help him out. Life would be simple in the forest, except for Cyril Sneer. And his life would be simple, except for the raccoons. <laughs> Just this little loop of trouble. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the opening intro. The narrator of the show is not credited anywhere else. As far as I know, he's only done the raccoons. Uh Hmm. Which is weird because he's got a great voice. He could he could do lots of stuff. Uh, yeah. I want to talk before we get into the episodes we watched. I want to talk about the outro. Yes. The outro is, in my opinion, the best part of this show. Oh, it's a great song. It's called the song is called "Rung with Us," uh, as song as sung by Lisa Lauheed. Uh, Lisa actually voices a raccoon in the later seasons of the show called Lisa Raccoon. Um, Ooh. Yeah, the song is run, run With Us. It's an absolute bop. It is <laughs> a great, like, 80s song. It's so good. Um, when I all- listen to this when I listen to this song, I want to wear a silk shirt and be surrounded by both a fog machine and a wind machine. Uh, and like some doves flying around. That's how I need to sing this song. It's such a power ballad. There is a music video for it. And it has it's at night 
in like an alley <laughs> with a lot of like yes. neon lights. So yes, it's everything you want. It's perfect. Every uh, all three of these episodes we watched feature a brief musical montage. Yes, with these great synthy power ballad songs. Yeah. It's so eighties. It's not the kind of folk music you imagine the show might play looking upon its aesthetics just being about canadian woodland creatures no powerful synthy deep synths yeah it's honestly i something i look i was looking forward to with every episode Mm. Uh, yeah a little fun fact about the song run with us uh it was also featured in the movie called hobo with a shotgun Ah! it was uh in the closing credits song (laughs) <laughs> as an homage to the raccoons honestly i think the raccoons are in the i don't know if it's the official music video but they're in the vi- music video a little bit good yeah so the episodes we watched were uh episodes two three and nine um they had names but i did not write them down <laughs> all i wrote them down episode one is called going it alone and the plot of this episode is that you mean episode okay two? Episode two. Yes, yes. Episode two is called Going It Alone. And the basic plot of this is that Ralph and Melissa are annoyed that Bert is always hanging around. And uh, I know we're just getting started, but I need to stop and ask. All (laughs) of them have the last name Raccoon. Yes. I understand that Ralph and Melissa appear to be married. I don't know if Bert is like Ralph's brother or if all raccoons are just named Raccoon. And that's why they have the same last name. I think it's it's. I don't think they're brothers. I think all raccoons have the same last name. Uh, okay. It, it is kind of pointed out in episode three that Ralph and Bert are childhood friends. Uh, okay. So it's. I guess it's it's like a commune or something that all, it's all a, raccoons are last name <laughs> raccoon. It's a you, me, and Dupree situation where it's this married couple, and then this just like extra friend who's constantly around. I think. It's you, me, and Dupree. Dupree human. <laughs> you human, me human, and Dupree human. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something else about the uh, this first episode. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting the, the opening. Not the intro. Uh, at the opening, there's like a little like clip show of everything yes. that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it starts with a preview of yeah. that episode. And it's it was very disorienting because it started with us seeing Cyril for the first time, who's just who was just a pink Gonzo monster. Uh, yeah, very Gonzo. Seeing flying rocks, pigs and later hosen, and a man falling off of a bridge. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Here's all the excitement you need. Yeah, and then the intro starts. Yeah, and the episode starts with uh, this human family who lives nearby. I have no idea if they are aware of the raccoons and the purple gonzos. So not far, they've clear. not interacted. Yeah. They have not interacted, but like their pet dogs know all these creatures. So the dogs know at least. And it's a human dad uh, leaving his human <laughs> children alone in the woods. 
Uh, and they like they live in the woods. They have a cabin there. So he's just leaving them in the backyard. But I missed that establishing shot. And I thought it was a dad taking yeah. his kids to the woods like Hansel and Gretel. Like, OK, kids, uh, and I'm going home. Uh, enjoy your camp out here in the woods alone at night. Honestly, that's what it felt but, like. He's like, this is your first time camping in the woods by yourself at night. Uh, have fun. Goodbye. <laughs> I hope you live tomorrow. I guess it's slightly better that the woods are their backyard and the worst thing around is Cyril Sneer. Uh, yeah, a, a, who's, a who's not, it, alien monster. Right, who's not the, a threat in the same way like a wolf is a threat. Yeah, not as far as we know. He is a mm. capitalist, though, so that is a big threat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the the big thing of the first episode is that the dad is like, uh, don't don't be scared of the Grim, and the kids are mm. like, "What's the Grim?" And the Grim's like, or the Grim's like, the dad's like, the Grim's like, <laughs> the dad's the Grim. the The dad says, uh, "Oh, the Grim is the protector of the forest. Uh, mm. uh, don't worry about it. Go to sleep." <laughs> uh, and then we we cut to like the raccoons like earlier that day, uh, mm. the two married ones. Uh, I've already forgot the one that's not Bert. Ralph? Ralph. It's Ralph and Melissa. Yeah, they're on like a, a tandem bike uh, riding along, and then Bert comes up a literal third wheel with the seat on it and hooks it to the back of their bike and says, I'm coming too, actually. Right. right. And Ralph is like, I think me and Melissa would like a little bit of private time. And then Bert says, I, I love our private time. You and me have, Ralph. <laughs> Even when Melissa is also there. Yeah. So, yeah, they. I think they crash and uh, Ralph and Melissa complain and they're like, why don't you do something by yourself? And he's like, I see how it is. You don't want my companionship <laughs> anymore. I'm going to go climb that mountain so you see how important I am. He wants to prove that he can do anything alone. He can do anything by himself. And he's like, well, fine, I'll climb a mountain. Yeah. Clearly, that's what the most important thing to do is. Yeah. Uh, so he bumps into uh, Cedric and Sophia. Mm-hmm. And we, we see them for the first time in episode two. And he explains to them the situation. I'm going to climb that mountain uh, so people will notice me. Uh, and I can be proud of myself. Uh, and Cedric says, oh, how are you going to do that without climbing equipment? And he's like, I don't know. Help me get climbing equipment. So... Yeah, just to get it from your dad. He has no resources. And Cedric, who seems, he's just like a nice, quiet nerd guy. Yeah. He He's like, well, I'll go ask my scary cigar-smoking dad if I can take his uh, kid climbing equipment and give it to you, a strange raccoon I'm sure he doesn't like. <laughs> uh, I think they actually explain Cedric a little bit on the Wikipedia. Oh, uh, good! Explain him to me. Uh, Cedric Sidney Sneer is uh, Cyril's nerdy son and heir to the Sneer fortune. I thought I read in here that he was a college graduate, but... <laughs> I love that he yeah. went to a college. Here it is, yeah. Cedric, Cyril's college college graduate son so that's he's the nerd of the show because he went to college <laughs> yeah uh he tries to get uh the mounted equipment from from cyril cyril's like 
Uh, no, that won't be happening. In fact, I'll be climbing the mountain uh, yeah. because I have something up there that I want to protect. And then we get a flashback where mm. Cyril is like at his father's like dying bed. His dad. Yeah, bed, it's his. That's the word. It's his uncle. Oh, it's his uncle. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> Cyril, Cyril has like a a gold tooth in the present time and is smoking a cigar. We flash back and he still has the gold tooth and I like that. <laughs> and I forget what he makes him promise. Uh, I think it's... Like uh, to- just protect the mountain because yeah. there's a dark, dark secrets up there. We don't know what they are. We don't know what Uncle Sneer asked Cyril to protect. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't... He's like, I'm actually going to go up there and make sure that everything is cool up there and the raccoons don't get up there. Yeah, and he says that he made up the legend of the Grim to scare people away from that mountain. And somehow this legend reached that human dad. Yeah. Through what channels, I don't know. Yeah, the dad said the legend was as old as time, which means that the Sneer family is as old as time. They have been living here. These are ancient aliens that have been living here in the Evergreen Forest. Maybe they're related to Ivan Ooze. He's been on Earth for centuries. But isn't, I think... Ivan Ooze is uh, an alien, I think, and like crash landed on Earth or was imprisoned on Earth with by Rita. There's more lore to that than I than I know. I just named another old purple guy, and I thought maybe you know the branching family lines. I'm sorry, I've been listening to a lot of Morphin Grid, and I wanted to. Yeah, I know uh, three things about Power Rangers. I am not into the Power Rangers lore. That's fair. But yeah, so Bert is like, well, if I can't have climbing gear, I do have bubble gum. My <laughs> next best, not my next best bet, and he's just is gonna blow bubbles that will he'll will take him up the mountain, and that's exactly what happens. We get our mm. first montage uh, of him blowing bubbles to like get up the mountain. Meanwhile, Ralph and Melissa are like chasing after him, worried about his safety, and yeah. Cyril and his. He's got these three pig employees. Yes. We learned in the second episode he is not paid yet. Uh, (laughs) So they're like employees like being paid with the idea of a paycheck. Yeah. He's not nice to them. And it, it doesn't even seem like this is part of a larger company. I think theoretically there must be one somewhere, but it's not like these pigs are accountants of his that he drags into no. his personal business i think they like there's work in the mansion they work for him for no pay i like the three pigs they all sound kind of like the gingerbread man uh, <laughs> they all have three different voice I, actors i think oh i like they, they sound like they're they're of a kind it's nice and they're all wearing these sweaters and these little hats like the beagle boys yeah. but they're very they're very sweet like you know like they don't really want to do any of this they just want to make cyril sneer not yell at them yeah uh i also i mean from the beginning of the clips at the beginning i thought they were going to be wearing later hosen the whole time turns out they're just wearing <laughs> later hosen for this episode when they climb the Pro- mountain yeah. And they're just regular would have, after that. I would have taken 100% Lederhosen. Same. <laughs> Ride or die. <laughs> but yeah, we get our first montage. Uh, the montage music in these episodes are not quite on par with the ending song, but yeah. quite up there. Yeah, I would listen to this stuff recreationally. 
Yeah, honestly, I will probably be looking into the soundtrack after we're done recording. Uh, at least Run With Us. That's such a good song. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like we get like nice like 80s power ballads montage music, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, so Melissa gets worried that they're not going to catch up to him in time and go get the dog, Schaefer, uh, the big dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, so the, um, the little kid, the human children... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep specifying that they are human because it's remarkable to me. They've got a big sheepdog named Schaefer, and there's a little puppy named Blue, I think. Uh, it is, hold on, Brew, B-R-O-O. Brew, oh, okay. And the, the, the kids' names are Tommy and Julie. Yeah, and Dad's name is Dad, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's actually yeah, Major Dan. Ranger Dan! <laughs> Okay, that's better than dad. Ranger dad. <laughs> Ranger dad, a uh, Disney Channel original movie. But yeah, I don't know if Brew is like Schaefer's son, little it's, brother. It's very uh, confusing, especially because Schaefer talks and Brew doesn't, but he does act like a dog, so he hasn't learned people speech yet. Maybe. Which, which invites the idea that maybe dogs haven't lived long enough to talk in our life. If dogs oh. lived a little bit longer, maybe they could talk like Schaefer. Oh, so you're saying that like if a dog dies when it's 14 and it never speaks, if it lived till it was like 18, then it would eventually get to talking. Exactly. It just but takes it, more time. But we're we're in like we're in a hell dimension, and we're that's too good for us. We'll never get there. But uh, Bert gets up to the top of the mountain eventually, despite Cyril's yeah. best efforts. They, they and the darks the, they cut the bridge out from under, under him. Remember? Yeah, and they cut the they cut a rope bridge, and he chews a bubble gum bubble so big he floats up, and yep. he lives. Yes. <laughs> so he gets up to the top of the mountain, and he finds that the dark dark secret is a large statue of Cyril's deceased uncle Sneer with a plaque on it saying how charitable he was. And Cyril is so ashamed. The entire Sneer family is ashamed that this man was secretly very generous. Yes, and I, I like that a lot. Oh. Uh, but it's yeah, like, so we'll, they... we'll keep... <laughs> I love that they keep the statue, but they hide the statue. Yeah, they're like, it's still important to our family history, but no one needs to look at it but us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then Bert wakes up after like, because he passed out after running into the statue. Mm. He wakes up and he sees the statue moving away in the distance and thinks it's the Grim walking away and <laughs> runs back down down the hill, runs into uh, Ralph and Melissa, and everyone learns a lesson except for Schaefer, who didn't actually do anything. Yeah. Who <laughs> yeah. seems very mature to begin with. I don't know if he needs to learn lessons. I think he's got his <laughs> act together. Honestly, yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. It's to chill uh, adult dog. Yeah. Episode uh, three is called. You ready to move on to episode three? Yeah, let's do it. It's called A Night to Remember. And this starts with the kids also going to bed. I thought every episode was like, <laughs> okay, kids, it's bedtime. But no, it's it's daylight and they're awake in the next episode we do. But like, it's it's dark outside. The narrator says, when it becomes dark, it can be difficult to separate myth from reality. And the kids are, like, shining flashlights around, telling ghost stories. Apparently, it is an accepted truth in this world that when there is a full moon, there's also ghosts around. 
Yep. <laughs> They're spooked about ghosts. And that's our framing device for this episode, uh, where the guys go spend the night in a haunted mansion. So, yeah, so what happens is uh, Cedric, the, the weenie alien man, uh, <laughs> is invited onto the boys' like hike with Ralph and, and Bert. Uh, yeah. And the girls aren't invited because this is a sexist and monog- monogamous... <laughs> What's the word I use? <laughs> Misogynist. Not- I mean, it, it does appear to also be monogamous, but I don't think that's related. <laughs> yeah, sexist and, and misogynist. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's very clearly a cartoon from 1985. Yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, but... It sucks in that it, it uses these themes. Otherwise, the show is very good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, everything comes together at the end. Yeah, there's there's a little moment in the montage music episode in the montage music scene, uh, where on the hike, Ralph and Bert are like poking fun at Cedric. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can uh, go back if you wanted to. Or he's like getting scared, and then like while he's getting scared, the music comes in. Like he's about to like do this for his honor and stuff like that (laughs) but it's just them hiking some more oh dang i wish cyril got to sing yeah yeah so they're going to uh some sort of a fort that the raccoon boys had when they were younger Mm -hmm. and they talk about getting inducted into all these like rituals like they're going to some sort of a skull and bones society (laughs) and they like do these chants and they have secret handshakes like one of their chants is rub your belly with linseed oil and wrap your hands in <laughs> aluminum foil. Yeah. Which I thought it was sounds... wrap your heads in a, wrap your head in aluminum okay. foil. Okay. Cause I thought I heard hands once and then I thought I heard head once and I didn't know which one it is. Wrap your head in aluminum foil like makes sense. Wrapping your hands in aluminum foil <laughs> sounds like sounds the annoying. worst th- it sounds like the worst thing I can imagine happening to me in my everyday life. <laughs> Short of like real disasters, just having to have aluminum foil on my hands sounds like a the nightmare. Sound. The sound God, alone I would be terrible. Put it, your head is better. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's a hat and it's fashionable and it keeps out aliens. Right. Face. Yeah, it won't scratch you up so much. Yeah. But yeah, so Cedric uh, insists that he's brave and he's one of the guys and he's going to go with him on this camping trip. And I love that the raccoons have backpacks and Cedric brings a briefcase. <laughs> I did like that too. But yeah, they get to the old fort and it's all run down. Uh, and and Cedric's like, am I going to be have to sleep in there with you guys? And they're like, no, 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 no. Don't be ridiculous. You'll be sleeping in the haunted mansion across the lake. <laughs> it's like on an is- island. It's entirely a mansion on the island in the middle of a lake. Yeah, like, what great friends. Thanks for coming on a hike with us. Get away from us and sleep in there. Also, all we brought to eat is beans. Yeah, good luck. Uh, meanwhile, nearby, Cyril, the, the big bad, is on a doctor's orders vacation. Uh, to relax. To relax. <laughs> so he's, like, in a hammock, and the pigs are all, like, like fanning him and like feeding him stuff and like keeping an eye on his health. Um, mm-hmm. but He's got the he- whole uh, Pete from a goofy movie RV set up. Yeah, that's that's a good good pull. Yeah, short of having his own bowling alley, it's full Pete. <sighs> that's so nostalgic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's trying to relax, but he hears. Uh, 
I keep forgetting the word Ralph. Uh, Ralph and Bert, <laughs> like, fixing up their fort. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I can't stand that noise. Someone do something about that noise. So the pigs decide to haunt them when they go over to the spooky castle. Spooky uh, mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get, I think, it's not another montage scene, is it? No. Oh, I do want to say uh, there's a second where Cedric takes off his glasses and his eyes are just single dots. And it's like on The Simpsons whenever Milhouse takes off his glasses. <laughs> yes, it is just like that. Just uh, dots. Yeah. Yeah. So while the, while they're getting spooked around in the mansion by these three little ghosts, uh, uh-huh. Bert lets out a single yike, which I liked. There was no S. There was a one yike. Uh, Why? I missed this. Just yike. Yike. I'm not that. I'm not that scared. Just yike. Ooh, yike. Uh, <laughs> and there's a nice little uh, sequence of like a shaking skeleton in uh, a spotlight, and I thought that was very Scooby Doo. I really liked that. It is so Scooby Doo. Yeah. There's uh, even a scene where Cedric's glasses get knocked off. Yep. It's just Scooby Doo. Scooby-Doo came out in, like, the 60s, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot to reference there. Uh, mm-hmm. All the boys end up getting chased into a hole in the floor, and they can't get back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pig boys reconvene and are like, ha, we did it. We sure did, we sure scared them. Uh, but then they hear a moaning from the rest of the house, and it, a door opens, and they get scared back across the lake. Uh, and it's revealed that the girls are there with, I think it's like Cedric's forgotten moose it's his, call. It's his, yeah, like, well, no, it's um, it's Bert's moose horn. Like, while he's walking away on the trip, he drops a moose horn. And he's fully within earshot, but they don't tell him to come back and get it. No, they just yeah. keep it. And then they use it to, like, spook the pigs away later. I've been laughing because I realized this is the second podcast in a row I've recorded about a TV show where somebody falls through a hole in the floor. What's the other one? Because this is an important moment in the season three finale of Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> Lee Pace really? falls through a hole in the floor. No, not Lee. <laughs> He's too pretty to fall. <laughs> he only breaks his arm. He's okay. He can still do computers. Can he still make pie? Uh, he hasn't done that in this this show. I can only hope that that's still like in his back pocket. Can like he play every the, can he play the <laughs> piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. Uh, so yeah, the girls rescue him. They they all learn a lesson, uh, and the <laughs> kids are fast asleep by the, by the time the dad's done telling the story. The specific lesson is. Whether you're talking about ghosts or friends, you can't judge a book by its cover. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a good lesson. Don't judge ghosts, bro. Right. You don't know what is and isn't a ghost. And if it is a ghost or a person, what they're like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, third episode is episode nine. This, it's, this... It's, it's called Cry Wolf. Cry Wolf. I didn't pick up on that so i picked all these episodes based on name alone Uh i was not expecting this to be a the boy who cried wolf i just thought cry wolf was a cool name (laughs) cry wolf 
this <laughs> that's a no that's a mortal combat right they're going to be in yeah. the mortal combat movie sub-zero fights cry wolf yeah he's he's really sad <laughs> he's the most emotional character on the mp cast <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah this episode opens with another absolutely bonkers clip intro uh, <laughs> this time with uh spaceships uh, a secret recipe and bear chefs yeah Good to see another type of animal. Yeah. Uh, we open on this episode with uh, Ralph and Melissa working at the local newspaper. Right. The forest has its own newspaper called the Evergreen Standard. Yep. Just run by the raccoons. Mm. I, li- I like that they have like businesses and buildings and they're not just raccoons and clothes. Yeah. Like they've got some semblance of a human society. Yeah, that I'm sure Ranger Dan is like, why is there a a whole newspaper printing press in my forest? (laughs) Why is it all to the scale of someone very small? (laughs) Right, it's so small to him. Yeah. So uh, Bert has been writing stories for the paper. Uh, He loves to get the positive praise from Ralph and Melissa when they're like, good job writing an article about the flower show. And Bert, uh, Ralph asked Bert to go out and get a weather report. And Bert's like, I'm going to get a front page story of a weather report. And he comes back and he's like, there, <laughs> he sits down at a typewriter and is typing at the typewriter, but also says to Ralph and Melissa, are you getting this down? <laughs> I didn't hear that. So he's telling a story about how he was out with Cedric and then a tornado showed up and it swept up Cedric and it like killed all of these people that destroyed their homes. Like hundreds of forest animals left homeless. They're like, oh my God, no, Bert, we we didn't even hear about a tornado. When did this happen? And like Bert has a photo to show them of what looks like Cedric being swept up by a tornado. But it turns out he lied about the entire thing, and that's a photo of Cedric uh, by a barbecue pit with too much smoke. And so it just looks like he's surrounded by a tornado. And they're like, Bert, you can't can't make up stuff like that. And he's like, I gave you the... It got really sad for a second because, like... He like he lied to them, and they're in like the photo processing room in like the red room, yeah. and it's, yes. and Ralph's like, I can't believe I'll never still see Cyril or see uh, Cedric again. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I kept. I keep expecting him to just walk in the door. I can't believe I'll never see him. It's just like a very heavy turn. Yeah, and then Cedric shows up. Also, so we watched these episodes on YouTube, and they look mm-hmm. okay. But when it got to this dark room scene where it's all in red shadow, I could not make out anything. It's yeah. just very vague shapes. There's not enough contrast. Yeah, I wish I had this on DVD. But props to them for putting in a dark room scene. It's always cool to see, and it always reminds me of uh, the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, same. Uh, I guess it reminds me of when I was actually in a dark room. I don't think they actually have red lights in dark rooms, but I could just be... Uh, like an artifact of the times. I'm not sure by the time I got to a dark room if they actually stopped using that. Yeah, I, I've only seen it. I've only seen when the Muppets do it, which is how I uh, encounter most of the world. I've never been to Manhattan, but I know <laughs> when the Muppets went there. Yeah, what's the best? What's Manhattan's number one output? Um, uh, rats that make pizza. You got it. Let's move on. <laughs> Soap for people who don't want to stink. <laughs> 
but uh, but Bert is telling Ralph, I gave you the best story I could think of, Ralph. You know I aim to please. Like, this is what's really endearing about Bert. He's such a chaos agent. He's just fumbling all over the place. But he very clearly, like, cares about his friends, wants to do anything he can to, like, impress them, to please them, to get on their good side. And it's just him messing up everything in this process. Yeah. So he he's keeps going out and, like, trying to trying to write down a news story but he keeps seeing things wrong like he runs into schaefer and schaefer just left the kids where they're giving brew a bubble bath Uh, Uh so he's got bubbles on his around his face and around his mouth but they need brew's little ducky so he comes out of the bushes next to bert and cedric (laughs) like hey where's the rubber duck have you seen the rubber duck no what he He does is he just he toy boat too and he's just like murmuring to himself and looking around he emerges from the bushes and just says the rubber duck it's, <laughs> it's very intimidating and then he starts chattering about these and he's covered yeah he's covered in soap and Bert thinks oh he's gone mad he has rabies he's not in his right mind anymore I need to put it in the newspaper and not help him but yeah. put it in the newspaper yeah he immediately runs away to write it in the newspaper I'm not gonna see if my friend's okay no uh but yeah, then Cedric, or not Cedric, uh, Schaefer. There's a lot of similar sounding names in the show. Yeah. Uh, then Schaefer comes in. Uh, he's no longer has soap bubbles on him. And he's like, oh, I found the rubber duck, by the way. Thanks, thanks yeah. for your help. <laughs> uh, the storyline is closed. Storyline's closed. Until uh, Bert's like, okay, I have to find something. <laughs> also, also, that scene later on when he does come back to say that, it is the middle of the night. <laughs> They finally found the duck, and Brew finally got a bath. <laughs> yeah, so Bert is like, okay, I have to find something. And he goes, and he ends up at uh, Cyril's mansion. And uh-huh. sees, uh, he almost, for one, he almost gets hit by an actual car. A real car. <laughs> right. Almost runs him over. Uh, and he, and they pull, it pulls up to Cyril's mansion, and the pigs and, and some bears in trench coats get out. Which means they mm. have access to real cars. Yeah, it's it opens up this world a lot. Yeah, which means somewhere they're getting gas or stealing gas. Uh, it's it is a lot that could be happening. They have a garage. They have a whole house. Uh, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, do they use the same like? Is that a a Ford? Do they, or do they have like separate? No, there's there's car no brands for animals. No, I'm just saying no like in brand of the show. No, like in their world, is a bear oh. going to like the the Mazda it has, dealership, it has or to is be a, a bear like because <laughs> it's also an animal? Yeah, exactly. So Bert's there with a camera that he that he took from the newspaper place, uh, and he's like snapping pictures of them getting out of the car mm-hmm. with like violin cases and like the bears in like trench coat looking shady. Uh, he comes back to Bert or comes back to Ralph and he's like, I have evidence. He's like, cool. You forgot to take the film for the camera with you. Uh, so this time he, <laughs> take, he takes, he takes Ralph with him and they, yeah. they see in person uh, what looks like what's what Bert saw where there's violin cases and shady stuff. And they climb up to like Cyril's bedroom window and they were actual violins and Cyril's just having insomnia and needs yeah. like 
he needs like his his warm milk and he needs violin songs to try yeah. to sleep. Yeah, and Ralph was making fun of Bert for automatically assuming that a violin case must and can only contain a gun. Specifically, he says submachine gun. Submachine guns, yeah. And like they're talking about how they're going to put Cyril to sleep, and he's like, "Put him to sleep, you know? That's gangster talk, you know? They're they're going to punch his ticket." Big sleep. Yeah, the big sleep, and he he refers to like a death by mob hit as the old concrete pipe and slippers, (laughs) (laughs) which is a terrible phrase I haven't heard before. I do like that a lot. Yeah, Cyril is furious that he cannot sleep. And Bert has, like, climbed up the tree outside of his window. And, like, he slips and he almost falls. And then he attracts the attention of an owl. And Cyril storms out on the balcony. And he's like, the forest is too loud. This is why I can't sleep. To solve this, I'm going to cover the entire forest in a layer of concrete. Yeah. He decides to pave over paradise and put in a parking lot. (laughs) Just as Joni Mitchell foretold. (laughs) So now Bert's like, I have it. I have the big scoop. He's trying to pave over the forest, but now he's told Ralph too many tall tales, uh, uh-huh. and he won't. He won't believe him anymore. Yeah. So he's trying everything he can to help prevent the paving of the forest. He shows up as I forget. Does he show up in disguise first? Do we get the chef scene first? Yeah, I think he shows up, and I think he's sneaking in through the kitchen and like throws on a chef's apron. And then one of the pigs is like, oh, you must be the chef we hired to make Cyril this, like, uh, go-to-sleep soup, uh, which is, sounds poisonous. You know, just like a soothing broth to, like, ease him off to sleep. And it's all these bear chefs, and there's a great musical montage where he has to teach yeah. them how to cook, and he doesn't know how to cook. And <laughs> he's like, put a boot in there. Wait, take the shoelace off the boot first. <laughs> Throw the boot in the stew pot. Yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, the excellent... The expert of lying is to change one little thing and then like, yeah. ah, yes, the whole boot now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't work. The uh, The montage ends. They taste the soup, turn different colors, uh, and then kick <laughs> Bert out. Only uh-huh. for him to come back a little bit later with a dress uh, where he's now, he has a, like a, a code name for himself. Yeah, he is Auntie Bertha, the Auntie story Bertha. lady from the tree trop, from the treetop tuck-in surface. <laughs> right, he's wearing this beautifully animated dress. Like, it's got this poofy skirt, and it was fun to just watch the way, like, the skirt moved when he moved around. And he's got this, like, bouffant wig that curls up at the end. I really liked this disguise. Yeah, me too. Uh, so he, he starts to tell a story, uh, and that kind of works... And then, like, he gives him a massage, and that and that does work. Uh, mm. And Cyril is finally put to sleep. Uh, but by then, the pigs have figured it out and shoo him out. Uh, yeah. And then the next oh, day... So, oh, there's, oh, oh. There's, a, there's a bit when Bert is telling his story, and he starts to tell it about a pig. And then Cyril says, pigs? Who cares about pigs? And then the little pigs go, no one, sir. Oh. It's, it's, it's heart-wrenching. It is what Bert. The story Bert does tell is like about a like uh, Cyril wants to hear a King Midas tale. So Bert Which tells a story about a, a character like Cyril who turns everything to gold. And, you know, like he jumps into a pool and the pool turns gold. And we're like seeing like a thought bubble of like all of this stuff happening. 
And there's a bit where Cyril is dragging that dog, that weird blue dog they have, where the dog is just turned into a gold statue. And there's a bit where Cyril is dragging that statue through the forest and he's shouting, Marvelous! Marvelous! <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a real nightmare. <laughs> real nightmare escape. Uh but yeah, so the next day Bert's thrown out, uh, and he's trying to, you know, tell Ralph tell Ralph the truth um and there's all these cement trucks that are out in front of cyril's house because mm. he just told the pigs get me as many cement trucks i'm gonna pave over the forest <laughs> and so the big dog in charge of the cement trucks is like okay mm-hmm. pay up you, we got all these cement trucks here go ahead and pay up and mm. cyril's not listening because he's like i was able to go to sleep i need that massage therapist to come back and like help me mm-hmm. uh, and then the raccoon sh- Bert shows up, and he's like, "I think I have a problem to both both of these things." And he's like, "Cyril's like, you're not gonna trick me, are you?" He's like, "No, I'm not." And then we like smash cut to like a picture of Cyril poking the big dog in charge of the cement trucks, and the cover just says "sneer stopped," and I don't yeah. know what that means. <laughs> I don't know we're, what we're his breaking... idea was. Yeah. And the, apparently he like teaches those massage techniques to the pigs and the episode. In, oh, and he's also got like he's using that anti Bertha character to like write a column in the newspaper where like he writes more bedtime stories. So we cut to Cyril and one pig is reading him the bedtime story out of the newspaper while the other two pigs are giving him a massage that is just slapping his butt. <laughs> A lot of a lot of garbage truck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then that, that it, they. That's mostly the end of it. They they have to read wait and read part two to finish the massage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's that's pretty much the end of it. Um, and then there's the the awesome end theme song. Yeah, which has been stuck in my head. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I will not stop talking about this song. I would put it <laughs> Share into it with the, the episode. People. But I, I'm iffy about putting licensed music in here. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what did you think of raccoons? I, I thought it was charming. It felt like a comic strip to me in that it's like yeah. a, a set setting, like this very small cast of characters with like everyday problems that can like balloon out into larger arcs, but also have got like little tiny gags. Yeah, every couple of minutes scattered throughout them. It felt like a, a comic strip come to life. Yeah. Which many things do, but it. something about this specifically, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was, I oh, I liked it. Like, it wasn't especially funny, but there's just something so easygoing and amicable about it. Yeah. We, before we started recording, I was like, what did you think? Do you think we have a good episode here? Because, again, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just... Flat out a good show. There wasn't a lot of yeah. stuff to like riff on or like big like mm-hmm. weird things that the show does for us to talk about. Uh, Pretty so much just like, the purple guys. Just the inclusion of we have a bunch of animals and then some gonzo looking deals. Yeah. I hope I never find out why they're in the forest. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So that's that's the raccoons. Uh, I would I would probably recommend the show. If yeah, not, I'd, I'd watch it again. Soundtrack. Mm. Uh, Mel, this was my recommendation for the raccoons. Uh, what are we watching next, uh, Fortnite? 
I think it's about time we do our inaugural Disney Channel original movie, as mentioned earlier. Yes. We got to get to one of these. And we're going to do my personal favorite. I think it's underrated. It's Phantom of the Megaplex. Yes. We, uh, a little behind the scenes work. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've actually recorded an episode of this before, but it was very early on when I had very bad mic quality uh, and, and it a was lot like of technical s- difficulties. It was storming that night. So, and like our, our connection kept getting off. And I think most of the recording was one of us going, I, I didn't hear that. Could you repeat that? Yeah. And you're was... like this. I, and you're like, I can't edit this. We have to just <laughs> do it again. Yeah. Which it's been, it's been a few months since we recorded that. So we should have yeah. a fresh, fresh take on the movie. Yeah. Um, and we can use our old notes. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, look forward to that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this one ran a little bit longer than, than I thought it would, but still good length. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget, if you guys would be as so kind to tell your friends about our show, uh, if you would like to give us five stars on iTunes, that really helps people find the show. Uh, and if you give us a five-star review to, review on there, uh, we'll read it aloud on the show. Uh, if you give us a five-star review anywhere else, send us a screenshot, we'll read it there. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to talk to us and recommend shows and movies for us to watch, you can email us at SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. Or tweet us at Saturday in my pod. Uh, if you want to talk to me on Twitter, I'm at James Wilk. Mel? I am on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots Network. That's Whatnots spelled like astronauts. I'm on the weekly uh, book club style pop culture discussion show, The Review Show, where we talk about movies and a season of a tv show or a couple volumes of a comic or a season of an audio drama and i'm on the weekly nonsense chat show the captain's log and i'm also on the sporadic reactor core feed which is where we cover brand new things so like right now as we're recording this we're checking in every week and doing a little episode about falcon and the winter soldier yeah nice yeah, very, very good programs. Go listen to those. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and go ahead and relax. Kick back. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Thank you.